Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this final Sunday of Epiphany. Sunday we celebrate the transfiguration of our Lord. Uh, before we begin our worship, uh, first just a note that we continue to pray for the family of Rose Tice as they, they mourn her loss at this time. Uh, her memorial service will be here Saturday the 25th at 10.30. I know there was a misprint in yesterday's paper. Um, However, her service will be here on Saturday with visiting hours an hour before that and a luncheon afterward. Uh, newsletter articles are due today. If you have something that needs to go into the newsletter, uh, send that in to Rose or you can get that to me. Uh, also an update on our prayer chain. Uh, but we're gonna do away with the prayer chain in favor of a prayer group chat group text uh, so if you're already on the prayer chain you will receive text from either rose or me um, if there's a prayer request uh, you no longer will need to call the person down on the chain um, if you would like to be part of that group chat for for the prayer chain please let me know and we can get you included or let rose know and she can get you included uh, reminder out this week, uh, Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Supper on Tuesday, starting at 4. I hope to see everyone there, if you're able to get there. Uh, Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday, and we will have our worship service with Holy Communion and the imposition of ashes uh, this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, following that, of course, it's Lent, and we'll have our midweek services uh, throughout Lent on Wednesdays. Uh, with soup suppers prior to our worship. And finally, game night is tonight at 6.30. Uh, come hang out with us, bring a game, bring a snack, bring yourself, um, and we will hang out and have some fun together. All right, are there any other announcements or requests that you have for the congregation? Yeah, Judy? Okay. Yeah. Right? If there's nothing else, I'll invite you then to take a moment to quiet your heart and quiet your minds as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship.
congregation, please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. God, in the transfiguration of your Son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the witness of Moses and Elijah, and in the voice from the bright cloud declaring Jesus, your beloved Son, you have foreshadowed our adoption as your children. Make us heirs with Christ of your glory, and bring us to enjoy its fullness through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 
Amen. The first reading is from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord. We will read responsibly Psalm 2. Why are the nations in an uproar? Why do the peoples mutter empty threats? Let us break their yoke, they say. Let us cast off their bonds from us. Then in wrath, God speaks to them, and in rage, fills them with terror. Let me announce the decree of the Lord, who said to me, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. You shall crush them with an iron rod and shatter them like a piece of pottery. Submit to the Lord with fear and with trembling bow in worship. Second reading is from Second Peter. We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, 
because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Six days after Peter had acknowledged Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus took him, Peter and James, and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. You should be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we are going on three years living here in Lafayette. And I have to tell you, I have not once been tempted to go to the thing over here they call the Haunted Town Hall. Uh, And I'm not afraid, uh, but I don't like the idea of people jumping out at me because I don't know what my reaction is going to be. Right, someone might jump out at me and I might let slip a word that I don't want to say in public. <laughs> right, I might take a swing at someone. Uh, and, and I don't like that idea of being out of control in fear. Uh, well, so much of our fear response is really out of our control. It's something interior to us. Well, so this is interesting to me in the gospel Because Matthew tells us that when Peter, James, and John heard the voice of God come out of that bright, overshadowing cloud, they fell to the ground and they were overcome by fear. And so falling on the ground out of fear is the response I want to pay attention to. Typically, when we're afraid, we might run away, we might turn our backs. We turn and we get out of whatever danger we're in. The problem is that when someone is afraid of God, well, they can't run away. Of course, you can't run from God. And so the thing we all try to do to hide is hide from God, right? Peter, James, and John fall on the ground when they hear God's voice because they're trying to hide their faces from God. They're hiding from him. And so it's the same response of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know the story well, but Adam and Eve sinned by not obeying God's word. They didn't trust God above all else. Instead, Adam and Eve wanted to be their own gods. They thought eating 
the fruit that was forbidden would make them gods, and then they wouldn't need God anymore. And so when they ate, it was suddenly obvious to them, well, that they had been deceived. The serpent was a liar. Adam and Eve didn't feel like gods. They didn't feel immortal or powerful. They didn't get the kind of glory that the serpent promised. Instead, they felt shame. They realized how weak and vulnerable they were without God as their father. And so in their shame and in their vulnerability, after they sinned, they heard God walking in the garden and they were afraid. And being afraid, they hid themselves. They didn't want to be in God's presence. They didn't want God to see their faces. Seeing God was too much for them. Well, throughout the Bible, we see that same theme develop over and over. We see it with Moses and the Israelites. After Moses had received the law and came down from the mountain, after he had been in the presence of God, his face reflected God's glory. His face was shining. And when the people saw it, they were terrified. They begged Moses to wear a veil to cover his face. God's glory was too much for them. They knew they were sinners. They couldn't see God's glory. They didn't want to be in God's presence. We even see this in the prophet Isaiah when he's taken up into a vision, into the presence of God. He cries out, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. He knows he cannot stand in God's presence. It'll be the end of him, and he is afraid. And so at the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter initially was quite happy to be there. He wasn't scared at all. He was even trying to please Jesus by doing the right thing. Right, he had this great idea. He said, Jesus, we'll set up three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We'll set up a new ritual here. We'll worship here. We can remain here. It'll be great. It'll be glorious. And so Peter believes he is taking initiative and doing the right thing by doing something for Jesus. He believes he's setting up a great monument to mark this miraculous moment. But when he hears God's voice out of the cloud, Peter knows that he can't stand in front of God. Peter knows that his good intentions, that his works will not stand in God's presence. An important piece of context here is the previous chapter in Matthew 16. Because in Matthew 16, Jesus had just rebuked Peter. In Matthew 16, we read, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him, saying, God forbid it. This must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus, just a week before this transfiguration, had called Peter Satan. He calls him a stumbling block. He completely rebukes Peter as a sinner. Because, sinner, because Peter is a sinner because he doesn't imagine the cross is where Jesus is headed. He doesn't see the need for the cross. He doesn't believe that Jesus will actually be forsaken and rebuked. And so six days later, up on the mountain, Jesus takes Peter with him, right? And Peter has this great idea. Well, they can just stay up on the mountaintop, 
right? Who needs the cross? Who needs Jesus to be forsaken? They can stay up in this glorious moment, right? Jesus needs this nice mountaintop dwelling where he can be king and he can live with Moses and Elijah. And then suddenly, God tells Peter, listen, stop talking and listen. And hearing the voice of God, Peter falls on the ground and hides his face. Because in that moment, Peter knows, beyond a doubt, he's a sinner. He knows he's not worthy to stand in God's presence in that moment. And so when we are aware of our sinfulness, when our consciences bear the weight of our guilt, we so often try to hide from God. We don't want to be in the presence of his word. Many times when people are feeling guilty, right, they will stop praying. They won't read the Bible. They won't come to church. They feel the weight of their sin, and they believe they shouldn't be in God's presence. I've heard this so many times in my life. People will tell me, well, I'll start coming to church when I have my life together. Right? Or they'll say that they can't come to church because they aren't living right. This is saying that they are well aware of their sin. Their consciences are telling them that there is a problem. And so they do just what Adam and Eve did and just what Peter does. They try to hide their face from God. This is the very first lie that Satan tries to confront us with. Satan will tell you that you are too much of a sinner to really be a Christian. Satan will remind you that you are a hypocrite, that you're imperfect, he will whisper in your ear that you're not a good Christian. He will sow doubt in your heart and make you question your faith. But that's not the word God gives to you. That's not what God says to you. Notice what God says to Peter, James, and John. He doesn't rebuke them in that moment for their sin. Rather, he says, listen to my son. That's all. Just listen. Peter, you don't have to make dwellings you don't have to come up with a ritual for this moment. You don't have to say and do the right thing. You don't have to complete the right action. God says to him simply, listen to my son. And as Peter, James, and John are on the ground hiding their faces, terrified of God's presence and his judgment, what does Jesus do? Well, he touches them gently and says, do not be afraid. That's the word that God wanted Peter to hear in that moment. Do not be afraid. Jesus is preaching the gospel to his disciples in that moment. Don't be afraid. Your sins are forgiven. You don't need to hide from God. God doesn't see you as a sinner. And he doesn't see you as a sinner precisely because Jesus has come to bear their sins. Jesus is taking on your sins and exchanging them with his righteousness, with his glory. When God says, this is my beloved son, he is now saying to Peter, James, and John, as he says it to all of us, you are also going to be my beloved child. And so that's the word of the gospel to us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of sin. Do not be afraid of the devil. Do not be afraid of death or judgment. Christ has come to defeat all of these things on your behalf. He has taken your sin onto himself. He has defeated death for you. He will raise you up out of the grave on the last day. So what does God want from you? God doesn't want anything from you. God doesn't need you to do anything. God wants you to listen. 
Listen to his son who says, do not be afraid. Listen to the absolution when God says to you, I declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In a few moments, when we come up for the sacrament, listen to the words of Holy Communion. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what God wants of us. Just listen to his son. Listen to the words of the gospel. Listen and do not be afraid. Amen. Stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally God from the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten. 
Heavenly Father, you revealed your glory in the transfiguration of your Son, who dwelt among us in the flesh. Open our eyes that by faith we would see him continuing to be with us in our worship. Grant that we would heed your admonition to listen to him as he forgives and preserves us. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, we ask for your blessing on this congregation as Moses was changed when he saw your glory, may we who have beheld your glory in the face of Christ also be transformed by his grace. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty God, Moses and Elijah appeared with the Savior in glory, witnessing all that the law and the prophets spoke about him. Grant wisdom to all pastors and church workers to open your scriptures in such a way that everyone would hear the voice of Jesus calling them. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty Father, you establish all authority on earth. Bless those entrusted with authority, both here and abroad, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, to serve with integrity and honor for the well-being of all. Grant that all division, conflict, and strife would give way to unity, peace, and quietness. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. God of all comfort, you alone bring the peace that surpasses understanding to troubled hearts. Remember the afflicted, especially Steve, Charlie, Jane, Marcel, Tony, John, Marilyn, Dana, Tony, Carolyn, and all of those who are now mourning Rose. Let them know your presence, know your peace, and receive healing according to your gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we praise you, for we are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Give us ears to hear your voice speaking through your word, holy lips to receive Christ's blessed sacrament, and holy all at your glory granted to us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, your power is beyond compare and your glory beyond understanding. Open our hearts to know you through the glory of your Son, whose saving will and purpose has rescued us from sin and death and made us your own people by baptism. For to you, blessed and eternal Father, belong all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ who sharing our life lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to your brilliant light. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Mighty and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. And pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Well, the author of Ecclesiastes writes, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. As a sign of our repentance, we now say farewell to Alleluia until our rejoicing at the resurrection of our Lord on Easter Sunday.
how good it is for us to be here. Amen. Alleluia. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia.